What's up? What's up? Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another edition of the Boxing Voice Radio. And we have an amazing episode lined up for you today with such a great fight with Bivol defending his WBA light heavyweight. No, excuse me. Heavyweight title that he already... Light heavyweight. Okay, light heavyweight that he already defended versus Canelo. He's going to be taking on Zuldo Giribelto Ramirez. And we'll be doing previews and predictions. So we'll be talking about that fight, giving you our prediction as to who's going to win it. And we have a special guest in the building. We did have the CEO, the head honcho in charge over at Marv Nation scheduled in the past. We weren't able to make it happen, but he is in Las Vegas and he is here in studio. So Ringwalk, are you excited? Very much so, champ. Uh not just excited to speak to him, excited for the event. So, you know, definitely have questions. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, we look to actually be in attendance doing our live show, you know, ringside from the fight. So uh, definitely excited to speak to Marv. Word. Um, so I guess we're going to start with the previews and predictions for Zuldo Ramirez. Obviously, uh, as we just told our uh, betting show members only on YouTube and Patreon, we did get a tip on this fight. Um, so outside of gambling, I'm leaning Bivol. Yeah, I'm uh, definitely a going Bivol decision. You know, I think that he just showed great discipline in that Canelo fight. And that momentum, I think he's just going to carry it into this fight with uh, Gilberto Ramirez. But uh, I'm, ex I'm expecting a tougher fight than most, I guess. Mm-hmm. I'm expecting Surlo to make this a very exciting fight, very tough. Um, I just think it'll be the later rounds where Bivol kind of, um, you know, starts to take over. But I'm looking forward to it, champ. I know that we are planning our trip to San Diego tomorrow to make sure we're there in time to watch the fights go down. So uh, definitely looking forward to it. Uh, and that's on the zone. And... Co-main event, Jessica McCaskill versus Chantel Cameron. The All the belts. The undisputed welterweight champ going back down to the division where she first became champ and looking to collect all the belts at 140 pounds. Chantel Cameron, the current unified champ. So looking forward to that one. Uh, I'm going to uh, Jessica decision. You know, that the, the bookies they have are the underdog. But to me... And she's been the underdog before. Plenty of times. You've made money on her quite a few times. Quite a few times. So I think that, uh, you know... Even her last fight, she was the underdog, not to get the win, but the underdog to get the knockout. They didn't expect did. her to get it. We thought she would, and she did. And, you know, we told our, our, our betting audience that she would bet on that, and obviously we were correct. So looking forward to that one. How do you see that one uh, pan out, Ness? I know you've been talking a bit with Rob in the UK, a couple others, to get their perspective, their opinions. Has your mind swayed? How are you leaning on this one? I mean, I'm going to ride with the house fighter. And by that, I mean our house, not Matchroom's house, who obviously would be Chantel Cameron. Um, she's been upset in the apple car before. You know, uh, before you and I, uh, you know, started doing this, you were picking her separately, and I was pretty much riding with her separately. Uh, now you're a co-host and uh, you've only strengthened my opinion uh, of her. And again, her last performance, getting a knockout. Um, yeah, I got to ride with Jessica McCaskill. I just hope that, um, you know, she can get it done. Luckily, this fight is in Abu Dhabi, not in the UK. Uh, I did ask you earlier on our betting show, could you find the judges? Is it going to be UK judges? Because, you know, even though it's neutral territory, who are the judges? Where are they from? And who will they be scoring this fight for? Because, you know, the referee is also important. If you go back and you watch Jessica McCaskill's fights, her opponents have to hold her to, to slow her output down. And if we can get some point deductions or some stern warnings, Jessica, you know, she might do more damage than what people expect, truth be told. So, you know, I... I'm hoping for some neutral judges, and I'm hoping for an experienced referee, one that can take charge and tell Chantel Cameron from the opening bell, do not try to grab or hold what is known as the Tasmanian devil and Jessica, because if she is allowed 
to let those hands go, there will be a problem, without a doubt. I can't find nothing online. I didn't want to do this, but me and Rick were messaging a few hours ago, so I'm going to hit him up. Hmm. So, um, yeah, man, I think we should uh, bring in our first guest. Or do you want to make any other predictions on the card before we get to it? Because then I know once we get our guests, we'll wrap up and we won't get back to the card. Um, well, definitely picking Galalia Fai, you know, to, to look impressive in his th- third professional fight as he has a regional belt on the line. I know he's coming off that gold medal this past Olympics. So somebody else to look out for. And then, of course, the 130-pound vacant IBF title strap is on the line, us. Excuse me. And that is between... One sec. Uh, yeah, Zelfa Barrett and then Shavkat Don Rachmanov. Yeah. And I know you was a bit interested in this fight, Ness. How you see it play out? Definitely uh, picking Rachmanov to be the IBF champ. Um, arguably, he would have been the champ when he fought JoJo. He was given a draw there. Um, arguably... He would have been the WBA champ, but I think he was given a robbery over Barrios in some eyes. So, yeah, I think it's his time. I don't think, I think Zelfa Barrett's on his last leg or at least the end of the back half of his career. And, you know, it's time to pass that, 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 that ball, man. Yeah, I definitely agree. He fought JoJo very tough in a draw. Um, looking forward to it, excited. And uh, I think. Rakhimov becomes champion Saturday. Absolutely. Absolutely. But we're going to go to a quick intermission and bring in our guest, Marv. So we'll be right back.
What's up, what's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to another edition of the Boxing Voice Radio, coming to you live from the Wind Casino out of the Blue Wire studio, and we're joined alongside Marvin Rodriguez, the man of the hour. I am also joined alongside Ringwalk Danny. Danny, what's up? Champ, what's up? Uh, just happy to have here Mr. Marvin to talk about, uh, obviously, the splash that they've made in the boxing game with the big Regis uh, Regis and Cepeda pay-per-view next month or later this month now, November 26th, right? Uh, Marvin, how are you? I'm good, I'm good. How y'all doing? We're good, good, we're good, man. We're very excited to have you on. Um, I want to just take it all the way to the beginning. What got you into this sport and how did you become Marv Nation? All right. Well, that's a two-part question there. Um, How we came up with Marv Nation or how we started? Well, before that. How'd you get into this? Okay. Oh, I have a little bit of background in music. Okay. I did some concerts in Canada, in the U.S. with some major artists. and um, Canada? Drake? Uh, in Toronto, Montreal. It wasn't Drake. It was Latin artists. Okay. Latin Which artists. ones? I'm Dominican, and I love some Manuel. And... Oh, yeah. Nicky Jam. Okay. Nikki I love Jam. Nicky Jam. Yeah. We did something up in... Uh, up in Canada also with Romel Santos. So I know okay, you know Romel, Romel. Santos. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Wow. So you're connected. Yeah, well. Those are big, big names, in, especially in the music industry in terms of Latin America. Yeah. Romel is the king of bachata, and yeah. Nicky Jam has been around the reggaeton scene since the beginning. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, and the, the funny thing is, though, that my background is really in real estate. I'm a real estate investor. I'm a developer. Okay. And I was just like, look, I'm looking to do something different, and I got an opportunity to... Um, to do some some concerts, some shows. And I, was, I got into the entertainment business because of that, you know? And um, how Marv Nation came about, um, on one of the tours that we did, uh, one of the artists- I got to pump your brakes there because from music and these big artists, what made you transition into this combat sport? Like, why'd you stop? I mean, to be with Romeo, right. man, I mean, just to have a relationship with Romeo, he can introduce you to anybody. So it's like, why you left music to do boxing? Because um, I have a, a, a son. I have two boys that box. Okay. My older son, he, he had a dream to, to become a boxer. And, you know, he wanted to box. And um, I made a deal with him that he wasn't going to graduate from high school. So I said, listen, if you want to get into boxing, if you graduate, I'll, I'll become your, your manager, your promoter, whatever, whatever it is, you know, to help you get there. And I didn't think he was going to graduate, man, but he did. Okay. <laughs> so you went and got your promoter's license? No, not really. Um, I just, look, uh, because of some relationships that I have, I thought it was going to be easy. I said, you know, I'm going to make some calls. I know people on PBC. I know people in Golden Boy. I know, you know, so-and-so. It's going to be simple. I'll make some calls. He's going to be on some cards, and, and that's it, right? Then I realized that's not the way it works. So it, you couldn't cash in any of your favors to get your son on any card? It's not that easy. You know, wow. if you don't have... If you don't have a, a a fighter who has an Olympic background, who has a great amateur experience or, you know, championships, the reality is they're like, you know what? Yeah, we'll give you an opportunity, but we're going to give you an opportunity to come here and just lose, basically, mm-hmm. you know? As so, a B-side. As a B-side fighter, exactly. So so um, that's what kind of pushed me. I was like, look, I really, um, you know, I'm a, I'm a businessman. I don't know much about boxing, about the business side, but I'm a businessman. Mm-hmm. You know, I did, I got into concert without knowing, and I, I took the biggest artists to places where they said it was impossible to go to. You know, Canada, it, it's a different different market. For you know? sure. So I was like, if I was able to do that, you know, we could definitely, you know, try to get something started with boxing. And it just started as me being involved, like getting to know people. I became a president of a company that, um, you know, that gave my son an opportunity to start boxing. And that's how I started, you know, getting more and more into it. And eventually, What company was that? Red Boxing. Red? Red, Red Boxing Promotion, yes. And that's located or at, based Angeles, out of Los, okay, Angeles. Los Angeles? Yes. So I became the, pro- the president of that company. You know, we worked a, alongside Ray Rodas. And, you know, that's how everything gets, got started, you know. But eventually, you know, I'm a person who who dreams, you know, big. I like, I like to think about bigger things and and um, sometimes you know you need to make some moves that are going to take you to the next level and that's that's how Marvin Nation came into boxing so what was that move and 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 what caused you to go Marv Nation you're working with Red Boxing what was there something in the relationship that frustrated you you said I'm going to do this myself was it just you seeing that they were not doing it to your liking and you wanted to take control what 
was the straw that broke the camel's back? Well, well the, the reality is that, you know, um, I had ideas of, of going bigger. And to be able to get those things done, you have to make a plan. You have to execute it. And you have to be able to make the necessary changes. And even though we're, we could be a club promoter now, you got to start walking and thinking like, I'm already doing something big. And, you know, your, your, your media, social media, PR, stuff like that, everything has to, you know, and it, it is something that I, I felt that it was the perfect time. I got an opportunity to do a fight with Marco Antonio Barrera during the pandemic. And I just said, you know what, this is just the perfect time to come out and Marv Nation put on their first show. And it was actually a big show where Marco Antonio Barrera is a legend. We, we got Absolutely. A model, we got a model retirement. He did an exhibition fight with Soto Caras at the Pico Rivera Sports Arena. And uh, this was, you know, uh, well, I would say two years back, two and a half years. So what is your relationship with Oscar De La Hoya? Because I believe you've done a co-promotion with him. Yes. In Costa Rica, right? Yeah, you guys yeah. have done uh, some championship cars down there, right? Yeah, we just did a, a show September 8th. You know, shout out to Golden Boy because, you know, they um, they opened up the door to Yocasta Valle, which is one of the fighters that, um, a world champion that we have in Costa Rica. And, um, you know, it's been it's been a great relationship. Um, we... I have the the idea that we should work together as promoters, you know? It's it, with me, I think that you know there's no ego in there to 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 make stuff happen. There should be no ego. We should all be able to come together and and work, you know? And build build something that maybe, you know, hasn't been done, or hasn't been seen and and that relationship with Golden Boy actually um has opened up a lot of doors for a lot of people. Uh when did that relationship come about? Before the inception of Marv or after? It became after. I mean, it, it wasn't easy. You know what I mean? It's, it's hard, especially when you're starting off. Um, a lot of people don't believe, don't believe in, in what, what you're doing. They just think, you know, I mean, it happens, you know. But the reality is um, it came about because of this fighter, Yocasta Valle. She's a champion at 105 pounds. And obviously, Sanisa Estrada... Um, was the champion with Golden Boy. And we we were negotiating on making that fight happen a few times. So that's where the relationship started to happen. And uh, it came about that she she got an opportunity to fight on the Jaime Munguia card this year. And uh, I guess they had a fight that fell out. An opening came. They, they told her seven days before the fight, hey, would she be willing to fight? Is she ready? She was ready to go. And she got her big opportunity. Mm. The reason I ask is because the logo, the colors, they seem heavily influenced by Golden Boy. And I'm wondering, that first time you met Oscar, did he say anything about <laughs> that? Was he upset or was he? did he take it like flattery? You know what? Um, no, he, he, he didn't seem upset. You know, he, he's uh, a person who, who received as well, you know, and, I, you know, it, it, it seems like it's, it's similar Black and gold has always been, like, my colors. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So, but yeah, it's very, you know. Obviously, we always uh, look up to people. We learn from people. Absolutely. You know? So, to me, it's, you know, it's it's an honor to, to be able to work with Golden Boy. For sure. And, uh, I mean, is it self-explanatory? Marv is short, short for Marvin. And Nation is what? Taking over the nation? Absolutely. Well, <laughs> well look, when I... One of the times I was on tour, I was with one of my artists, right? And obviously people talk about, you know, certain companies and, you know, I'm not happy with this. I'm not happy with that. And then one of my artists just said, you know what? You know, you know, forget this. Um, I'm going to forget about Live Nation. I'm going to go with Marv Nation. It was a joke. Oh. It started as a joke, to be honest with you. You know, because the name of my company was named differently when we were on tour. And it, it was just a joke, like, you know what, Marv Nation, I'm going to sign with Marv Nation. And that's where the name came about. You know, they kept pressing me like, hey, man, you should do this, you should do this. And eventually we we incorporated the name and, you know, the, the rest is history. Well, it's funny you bring that up because yesterday he Googled that Jay-Z had signed a $200 million deal with Live Nation. Um, and it's a small world, right? Because Live Nation back in 1996, 98 acquired 50% of AH Enterprises, which was Al Heyman. 
Yeah. Look at that. Exactly. Small world, right? Small world. Um, before, because I before I just want to ask you, um, as far as Yocasta Valle. Obviously, we'll funny. He's interested now. A couple of weeks ago, I'm telling him. He's like, "Who? Who?" I'm like, "Yo, Costa." <laughs> Yo, so we'll see her November 26. Obviously, in, in Los Angeles. Two weeks before, we'll see Senicia, who has now left Golden Boy. But you know, she's with Top Rank. She's with Top Rank. But how's your relationship with them? Can you make the Jocasta Senicia Strata fight still, even though he's not? Unif Even though she's not with Golden Boy Uni anymore, unification, especially with uh, Yocasta having two of the belts. I think I think it's um, there's a great possibility that's going to happen. You know, actually, that's one of one of the goals from the beginning. You know, we want to see a unified champion in that division. I I believe that we have the best champion. You know, because she's proven herself. She's fought. This is going to be her fifth fight this year, defense, title defense, when, or, or, or championship fights. When do you see that happen? She's Never. had four defenses already in one year. She's going on her fifth in, within 12 months, with a 12-month period. You, you don't see that. You know, she's, she's a hard worker. She's a warrior. She's not scared of any, any challenges. And I think we, could, um, we can definitely make that happen when the time is right. And have you... Do you have contacts with Top Rank to open up those lines of communication? We do. Oh, we do. We, beautiful. we have contacts with Top Rank. We have contacts with Matchroom. Like I said, for me, it's, you know what? How can we work together and make the sport better? For sure. What was the card that we were recommending as a hypothetical suggestion? And you were like, there's no way he paid for that and he's going to do it as a co-main. And I'm like, bro, a co-main to this main, he might agree. Remember? Hell. It was just yesterday or two days ago. We do so many shows, man. Yeah, I but I'm talking obviously Regis Sepera, which is yeah. the fight that you did win in purse bid. Um, but there is another fight that we were trying to combine those two. I think I heard it. I think it was Javante Davis. Yes, ah, because I love no. that you listen. <laughs> no, I think it was for a December card. Maybe the Earl. Maybe the Earl Keith. No, Thurman. I don't know because I said to myself. Yeah. I seen that Al also yeah. bid on that fight. I, then I seen that Probellum bid TGB, on that fight. TGB bid. Yeah. Al. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I heard the show. It was it was Javante and uh Okay, Ryan. And Ryan. Yes. Yeah, you Would you that. be open to that? Or do you think like, man, I spent a lot for this. I need to do my own thing to recoup. Look, I'm open to to whatever is gonna is gonna That's make amazing. sense. Whatever is best for boxing, whatever is best for the fighters. And you know what? I'm open to that. You know? That's amazing. That's good. So let's get into it, man. You made a huge splash. Uh, came out of nowhere with this purse bid. Is it you just felt it was the right time to make a splash? Or is it one of the fighters that you feel attached to? You like them that much? Why this fight? Why now? You know what? Um, I think a combination of both. I think it was the perfect time for us. You know, we've been planning this for since day one, since we started Marvel Nation. We said, look... We're going to go international. We went international. You know, we're going to grow in the U.S. and doing different parts of the U.S. We've been doing that. And I said, we're going to have a show that is going to shock the world, you know, the boxing world. And um, we felt that this was the perfect time. We've been, we've been doing shows, one, two, three shows a month. You know, we've been really active this year. And um, we've built a lot of relationship with managers and fighters. And you would just say, you know what, we're ready to make that, that next step. Was there other fights that you considered uh, bidding on? You know what? No. Um, this was actually the first one that we considered. And I thought, you know what? Um, it's just perfect. He's, he's from L.A. We're L.A. based. Well, uh, Cepeda's from L.A., you know? And, and Regis, obviously, he, he's been in L.A. He has some roots here. And we said, you know what? This is the perfect, the perfect fight for us. Now, Cepeda isn't a household name. Um, I feel like Regis is a bigger name than Cepeda, and even he isn't a household name. Right. Um, did, do you not see any risk in this? Obviously, um, there's a risk in everything you take. Every time you do a show, you take a risk. And it's a big, we're taking a big risk in this. But, you know, if you don't ever take a risk, you'll never get nothing done. You know? And, and that's... We came in, obviously, we came in with a big purse amount, you know, because we wanted to make sure that that we got this. You know, we made sure that 
you know, number one, like you said, we make a big splash. We did make a big splash because of it. And we also made a statement like, you know what? We, we're going to do whatever it takes to, to make something happen. Who's your matchmaker? Romero Hernandez. He's been with us since day one. And actually, he's, a, he's an excellent matchmaker. Um, a lot of these companies, that's why we have great relationships with, you know, top rank, with Matchroom, like I mentioned, because they, they all reach out and we work together. You know, um, he's, he, he's been doing a great job for us. The reason I ask is because the undercard is very good. Um, which again is shocking. I'm not trying to get into your pocket, but you paid a lot for the main event. And then you got a gold medalist heavyweight on the undercard. You got Conwell yeah. on the undercard. You got your unified champion on the undercard. I don't want the question to be as simple as how you doing it, but how you doing it? You know what? It's, it's about the power of unity, man. You know, when people come together, obviously, you know, I have a, a business partner in this deal, which is Legends Entertainment. We came in, we came in together. And, you know, um, I have a, a, a network of business partners that are open to, to, to help and to work in, in boxing. And that's how you get stuff done, man. When you come together, like I said, you know, you got to put your ego aside and, and say, you know what? It's, it's, it's bigger than, than myself, you know? And we come together. Obviously, like I said, I have a background in, and um, I'm a real estate developer, man. We move money all the time. You know, we're building stuff all the time. We have investors. We have partners. You know, we finance people to do certain things. So, you know, obviously we know where their money is. We just have to present something that, you know, partners are willing to say, let's move forward. Let's well, he even got Raquel Miller on the card. No, he's even got Fernando Vargas Jr. on the card. But uh, was it as easy as Regis? Like, you paid for the fight, so now Regis is part of the fight, so Probellum was like, hey, do you got a slot for our heavyweight? Or was that something that you and your team seeked out Probellum and uh, Lou DeBella for that heavyweight? Because he's usually on Showtime. He's usually on Showbox. Yeah. He, he, see what? Like I said earlier, um, my background is in real estate. I can't say that it's in boxing. I'm not a boxing genius. But my, my idea is I surround myself by people who know boxing. You don't have to be the smartest guy in the room. Just surround yourself by the smartest people. You know, we have Mark, who's, you know, Mike Tafford was working on, on, on the card. Also, oh, Mark and, yeah, Tafford yeah. works with you. Okay. Yeah, he, he's, he's basically handling all the pay-per-view stuff. You know, he's recommending who we should bring on the card, who we think will work, you know. And with, with the team that we have, we come up with these ideas. It's a solid card. No. Fernando Vargas Jr. Amado. Oh, they got Amado too? Amado's on the card as well. And then you have, uh, I was going to say, you, you're matching your world champ up tough against an undefeated, um, you know, hungry young woman. Talk to us about that fight. Yeah, well, you know what? She, we just made history in Costa Rica. We had the first unification fight in Costa Rica. Um, she took on a big challenge. She won. She became a unified champ. And um, we want to become undisputed. That's where we're going for it. But neither of both fights were available. So we said, you know what? We don't want this uh, like a tune-up fight. She's like, I want to I wanna make history. So she's moving up in weight to 108. She's going to fight for those two belts and try to unify. Mm. She's trying to unify at 108 so she could be a unified champion at 105 and 108. It's a tough fight, man. Mm. So she, but you co-promoted with Golden Boy. Yes. Mm. In September, September. Hopefully that doesn't make it difficult for... Sinisa and top rank. No, because at the end of the day, I'm sure that, you know, she's going to want the fight also because, you know, she, she claims to be the best, but to be the best, you know, you got to have those titles. You got to fight the best. And right now, no one's better than Yocasta Valle at 105. No one's better than Yocasta Valle, you know? And, you know, obviously, if she wants to, to prove that she's the best, she has to fight the best. So talk to me about her two losses. Obviously, the casual fan that's Google, Google, Googling her is going to notice that she has two losses. Yep. What, uh, what do you attribute that to? Because she didn't have a promoter. She went out to someone else's territory and fought. And actually, you know, there's no one particular fight that she had. Um, she actually won that fight. A lot of people say she won that fight. And she did win that fight. You know, she dominated the whole fight. But obviously, 
you know, she fought in in Germany. She fought in a in different territory, and it, everybody was just shocked, you know, shocked that 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 even happened, you know. So she she's been a fighter who's not afraid to go into your backyard and fight you. It's funny because she came out here from Costa Rica, you know, looking for that fight with Sanisa in the beginning. You know, she wasn't afraid to come and fight here in her territory, you know, in her backyard. And, you know, just, just life is, is, is funny how sometimes everything changes, you know. Now, uh, I'm going to be honest with you. I think now the, the ties have turned. I think that right now Sanisa might be chasing your Castavalle. Because she has two belts. Because she has two belts, because she's put her name on the pound for pound list, because, you know, she, she's been active in the last, five, uh, last 12 months. She's fought five times. How many times has Sinisa fought in the last 12, 12 months? I believe her last fight was in December. Yeah. She's fighting uh, next weekend, though. She, yeah, she's, she's coming back, you know. But, you know, there's, I think Yocasta this year just took over the 105-pound division. You know, so how much of this Sepeda Regis uh, fight and card is, I guess, consuming your life right now? Is it difficult because this is till date going to be the biggest show that you put on? It's it is the biggest show that we're putting on. It is it's difficult, but we have an amazing team. So to be honest with you, is is um, very, you know, um. It's a limited amount of work that I have to do because I'm, I'm surrounded by the people that, that are doing the work. But, you know, obviously it's, it's time consuming, you know. It is a lot of calls. It is a lot of meetings. It is a lot of, but, you know, I'm letting the pros handle everything. Now, you have this on traditionalpayperview.com, which is the big provider used by the HBOs and Showtimes and PBCs of the world. Um, How'd that come about? Like I said, um, don't have to know everything. Just got to have the best people. And obviously, Mark Tafford, he's, he's, you know, he's great at what he does. He's, he was a man at HBO. You know, he has all the, all the knowledge. And uh, he basically put everything together for us. You know, he made it seem simple nice. and easy. So is it safe to say that thus far, you're not afraid or intimidated to do this again? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. You know, this is what I say. This is just the beginning. You know, obviously, we're, you know, we we're reaching out to all the fans and say, hey, fans, come in and support the, you know, probably the biggest fight of the year, maybe fight of the year. You know, don't miss out and support because, you know, I always hear pe people complaining about stuff. You know, this is what I hear. I hear people complaining about, look, um, we don't get the biggest fights. We don't do this. We don't see this. We don't get what we want. But then when it's time to support, when it's time to support, people got to support to make that happen. So, you know, I'm, I'm shouting out to all the fans now, calling them out, say, hey, listen, we put this fight together for the fans. You know, because I'm a boxing fan. It's something I would want to see. Now, you know, it's time to support this fight so that we can continue doing the, the next big fight coming up. Oh, I'm so stoked. You guys got Curtis Harper facing the Olympian. Yeah. You know he just beat Christian Thun on Pro Box. Yeah, upset. That's Big upset. crazy. Yeah. And we would just talk about a few months ago, like, yo, he might never get another opportunity. Then he upset Christian Thun. And look, he's got two opportunities. Two opportunities now. <laughs> yep. Oh, my God. For those that don't know, this is the guy that allegedly was afraid to fight F.A. Ajagba and walked out the ring. And everyone thought he was blacklisted since then, but my man has been able to get an undefeated heavyweight in Christian Thun and upset the apple card. And now he's going in versus the gold medalist. I'm interested. I know that this guy, I don't even want to pronounce his name, but this is the guy that also knocked out Torres, right? The one is that decided, him? Of course. This is uh, Bacalar. The, yeah, this oh, is him. The gold the, medalist. Yeah, it's only one dude, one goal. That's him. This is... I know he's originally was signed to Lou, right? That's what I understand, yes. Yeah, this is him. He beat Torres. Yeah. And he's 6-0. Yeah, and I, I've watched him spar. Bro, I don't know how they did it, but they got this man in Cuba. The video's on YouTube. He's in Cuba sparring the Olympics uh, over there in that little metal, I mean... Uh, La Granja. That little concrete. It's called La Granja, if I'm I not mistaken. I don't know how. I don't that's, know how. That's the... 
I'm pretty sure that's the nickname of the Cuban school of boxing. Yeah. Well, there you go. He's in there. It's on YouTube. You got to look hard enough, but he's sparring all those dudes in there. It's nah, insane. Now, nah, I was looking at the card. I'm excited, man. Yeah, I'm it's excited. pretty uh, solid, without a doubt. Um, I would have liked Conwell to be in there a little tougher, but I'm sure that's matchmaking. I, that, that's people not wanting to take that fight, right? Yeah, something, something like that. Yeah, I would be afraid too, man. I mean, you know... Rest in peace, Patrick Day. That was a good friend of mine. I'm from the New York City tri-state area, and uh, I know Patrick, or knew Patrick, excuse me, personally, and uh, I would probably be afraid. Uh, shout out to Juan Carlos Abregu that did take that. Isn't that the same Abregu that fought Ennis? Uh, Pretty sure. Let me check that. The one that cut the bracelet, man. But Marv, uh, man, let me see. I think I do, we do have some questions from the people. Ruin the 504, which is New Orleans, he says... Where do you envision Marv Nation in five years? In five years, I envision Marv Nation, um, you know, putting on the biggest fights, having a lot of, um, you know, world champions that will be signed to Marv Nation, that will have an opportunity to fight because that's what Marv Nation is built on, opportunity. You said something, wow, you got an opportunity. You know, it's like... I started this company for an opportunity for my son, but it became an opportunity for a lot of fighters. You know, we've we've seen, like I said, Yocasta Valle, you know, she she got an opportunity of her lifetime. You know, Adelaida Cobra Ruiz is another champion that, that we have that was on the September A-card that, you know, she got an opportunity to change her life through Marv Nation. And this is what Marv Nation is doing. And I, I believe that, you know, we're gonna make we're gonna make a, a change in the in the industry where people are gonna wanna sign with Marv Nation, be a part of Marv Nation. Right now, I'm getting so many calls and so many managers reaching out and say, hey, I want you to sign my fighter. I want you to do this. You know, it's, it's, we're, we're definitely looking to make a big change in boxing in the next five years. Who do you have advising you? Because, you know, how does a young promoter like yourself, new in the game, not go crazy signing fighters? Um, I have mentors that are around me. For example, um, after that Marco Antonio Barrera fight, uh, we became really good friends. And he's like a mentor to me. You know, he, he's been in boxing. He's a legend in boxing. And, you know, I learned a lot from him. I surround myself by, for example, um, right now, our attorney is, is Pat English, who's been around boxing and knows in and out. Wasn't that... I hope I ain't messing this up, but isn't that uh, Glenn Tapia's old manager or something? You know what? He's... he's um, I know he's been around for so long. And maybe Arturo, right? I'm not sure about that, but I know that he's well-known and he's very respected in the boxing game. And, you know, it's, it's just reaching out to people who who have knowledge, you know, about the question. I don't have all the answers to the question, you know, but I, I know where, where to look. So what's come of your son? You started all this for him. Has he continued his journey in boxing? Has he taken a role in the company? What's... Happened with the inspiration for Marv Nation. He continues to to box right now. He's ten and one. Okay. Um. You know, he just right now he he has an injury that he's recovering from in his hand. But you know what? He actually paves the way for his younger brother also who wanted to do boxing. You know, um. My my younger son also he's boxing now. He's eighteen years old. He's nine and zero. You know, so both of them are okay. are active. Um. You know, my younger one just turned eighteen. Just fought for the first time in the U.S. But you know, he, he's fought overseas in Costa Rica. That's actually what took me to Costa Rica and Mexico to be able to open up a door for him in the middle of the pandemic. You know, the amateur boxing shut down. And he's like, that. I want to keep boxing. I want to go pro. And I'm like, no way. Come down. Slow down. Wait a minute. You know, I was just, I'm thinking it's crazy to see a 16-year-old kid in the ring. But, you know, he's proving himself. I mean, if you see, he's on the cart. He's there on the cart. He's 9-0. And if you see... You know, he's starting to to step up and fight guys that are, you know, 13 and 2. You know what I'm saying? His last fight, he fought a, uh, a former world champion. But why turn him pro so so young? You know what? I didn't want to, but like I said, amateur sh boxing shut down and we have a boxing gym. And he will go to the boxing gym every day and he will work out. And he, he was working like he was already preparing for a fight. And then one day, you know, after I kept telling him, no, 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 you're not going to do it. One day I said, you know what? This kid is serious about this. He's training every day like he's about to fight. And you know what? I go, let's, you know, somebody, you know, one of my partners in Costa Rica was like, hey, bring him over here. We'll debut him. And, you know, I was like, no, nah, I don't know about that. But you know what? He kind of pushed me and said, look, 
uh, he he's he's solid. A lot of trainers told me he has you know a special set, set of skills, and they said let's go. And and we he went pro at sixteen. Nice. So you 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 got into it slightly there. You said you called your partners in Colombia because I've Co never been to Colombia. Costa but Rica. Costa Rica. Oh, Costa Rica. So you didn't do a show in Colombia? No. Oh, Costa Rica. That was the Jocasta. I thought you did the Big Baby too. No. No. Oh. And that was Argentina. That wasn't Colombia? No, that was Argentina. Drop the ball. All right. Going back to the questions from the people, though, we got Brandon in Houston. It says, when you first got wind of Crawford saying he had a hedge fund group willing to give he and Earl $25 million apiece, what were your thoughts? Specifically, do you find this believable? And do you think they can make a positive profit from that $50 million investment? Um, believe it or not, actually, um, I got a call right before it actually, you know, broke. It, got, it broke. And actually, I got a call um, to see if I wanted to be a part of, of, that, of that deal. Of that $25 million deal? Of the fight, of the Crawford fight. But the thing is that um, we're so focused on this fight right now. I just, it was too back to back that they didn't, they, they didn't align well with, yeah. with us. I said, it's going to, you know, this, this show is going to take a lot to make it successful. We're not ready to jump into another one, you know, but um, you know what? In the future, maybe, you know, we'll, we'll explore that down the line, you know? Wow. That's huge. But anything is possible. Going back to the question, you know, um, right now times are changing, man. You know, there's people out there that, that, that want to, Invest money, put money. There's always investors looking to, you know, to make a move. And, you know, maybe it, there's some people that want to make this fight happen. And sometimes it's, it's not about profit. Honestly, I see it very difficult to make a profit, to be honest with you. You know, unless we're surprised and something outrageous happens. But, but the reality is sometimes there's, there's sometimes different um, thinking behind the investment. Mm -hmm. You know, some most of the time we want to make a profit, but sometimes, like my first Marco Antonio Barrera fight, um, you know, we invested a lot of money into that fight, and I knew I wasn't going to make a profit because it was in the middle, or well, it was coming out of the pandemic, mm -hmm. and it was a major risk. But I, I looked at it like, you know, what well, we're going to get out of this situation because we got media coverage there too, not as much as this fight. But, you know, we had LA Times coverage. We had all, you know, all the local major, you know, networks reporting the fight. And, and to me, it was like, look, even if we don't make money, Marv Nation comes in with, with showing people that we're in this for reals, you know? And that's why when it first started, a lot of people were like, well, Marv Nation came out of nowhere. No, we've been working. Just a lot of people internationally didn't know us. You know, locally, though, everybody who's from L.A. that's in boxing. No, we knew you, but on the big stage, you just hadn't made that splash. Jump. Yeah. You, you know, it yeah. was like club level until you made this jump. This is right. This right. is elite for sure. This right. is the big leagues. Regis, yes. Sepera. Sepera's been on ESPN three fights in a row, no? Probably more than that, honestly. You know, and you know. Regis, you know, he's been on the World Boxing Super Series. Yep. Um... The Zone, Triller, PBC wanted some of him. So, yeah, no, this definitely uh, put all the attention, especially when you outbid everyone. Did you go into it, I don't know, knowing that you would win by that much, wanting to win by that much, or just wanting to make sure you win? See, the thing is, we want to make sure we won, right? So when a lot of people don't understand the process of bidding, it's like, it's not like, well, you know, one million, one million, one hundred. Okay, one million, three hundred. It's like, look, you get one shot at this. Mm -hmm. You put your highest and best bid. Everybody who's going to bid right now is going to present their bid, you know? And it's not like we, because we, we originally had some numbers that we put down. Like, this is our beginning. This is our end. And when we realize that you get one shot at it, you know what? This is what we're going to do. We're just going to go with what we already expected to go on the high end anyways because mm -hmm. we're going to make sure that we get this fight. Yeah. You know? And a lot of people, for example, there was negativity about that. Like, oh, my God, they overbid. Like, you know what? Um, it shows that they don't know what they're doing. Always negativity. But what about maybe we're showing that 
the the fighters are worth 1.2 million each. You know, that this is going to be the biggest fight of their life. And, you know, maybe it's about time that people start thinking about the fighters. I, I got to ask because I'm excited and you guys are putting together a great car. Had you went with your low number, would you still have won the bid? Don't answer that. You don't want, because if you, if you already receive a negativity, the writers are just going to say, see, he knew yeah. he overpaid. Well, listen, with me, I'm going to tell you like this. I got nothing to hide and I like transparency. We would have won. Damn. We mm. still would have won. With but, the lowest number? Yes, with the lowest Holy number. Fudge. But the thing is this, like, you know, I don't, I don't live out of a coulda, shoulda, woulda. You know, it's like we made For a sure. decision. We got to stand behind it. And I, I still think that it was, you know, like I said, we're, we're changing even fighters' lives through, through Marv Nation. We, all, we continue to say we're about opportunity. You know, I guarantee you none of those two fighters have ever received a paycheck that big. Maybe Regis from the World Boxing Super Series. Close. Close, because I did my research. Oh, right. I did my research. Close, but, but you know, not, not that much. Damn, even for the Josh Teller fight, that would be sad. Be sad. I mean, he still had a belt. No, nah, I hear you, but, you know, he was be sad. It was sad. a unification. Crazy. Went to, uh, went to Scotland for that. <laughs> Coming from Houston, he says, from a promoter's mind, which of these fights would be the f- best fit sales-wise for Cinco de Mayo weekend? Benavides versus Plant, Wilder versus Ruiz, Tank versus Ryan, and that's the only options. Or do you have another option? Well, my option would be Canelo. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's injured. He's injured. Yeah, right, right. Um, yeah. Who def- could take that date? That's what we was trying to figure out this morning. Which combination of two fighters can take that date from Canelo? Most people uh- think it's between Wilder and Andy and Tank and Ryan. That's what the that's what most people are arguing. I, I would say probably Javante Davis and and Ryan Garcia because mm. they're both Mexican. Well, <laughs> what I mean is Javante <laughs> David comes out Mexican, represented Mexico yeah. with the sombrero, with the mariachi. You know what I'm saying? So believe it or not, Javante Davis has a lot of Mexican fans behind him. You know that support him, and I, I think it. He it, does. You know, he I, does. I got yeah. Danny for sure. So, <laughs> so, so Cinco de Mayo is a Mexican day. So, who will represent? You know, obviously, Andy Reese represents. You know, uh, our Mexican culture. You know, um, Benavides. You're also. from L- you're from LA. You're from LA. Yeah. Um, we've seen Andy fight in LA. We've seen Brian fight in LA. Right now, who do you think is bigger? Like, who do you think brings them out more in LA? Between who? Uh, Ryan and Andy. Because I don't, I like, I've, I honestly don't go to Ryan fights because, you know, he doesn't fight anybody, but. <laughs> you, going to be honest, you know. Um, you, I, was I, at, I, you was at Tank Nunez, man. I, bro, I think Tank does good numbers for us. What you want yeah, me to tell you? Just what you said. I think, for example, if it's a good fight for Ryan, then I think that he would, he would pack out the place. Mm-hmm. You know, but when when opposition is isn't as good, it, you know, it's it's not gonna, the turnout ain't gonna be great. You know, but uh, I would say, I mean, I think that both of them have a, a a great following. I think that Andrew Reese might have more of the Mexican following. You know, that's what I'm saying. I said that this morning that he's more traditional Mexican. Like uh, Ryan is this generation American and Mexican uh, American Mexican yes. he doesn't speak Spanish at right. least Andy and his father know Spanish right see, they talk it see this is that, this is why I said they were both Mexican because in reality I think that Javante Davis would bring more of the Mexican crowd out wow. oh wow you know because he has a lot of support man. no no absolutely you know? absolutely you know it's funny because like when I travel Mexico a lot and you know obviously he's from the Mayweather camp you know and Mayweather they love Mayweather up there and it's hard to say this, but actually Mayweather may get a lot more love than Canelo himself in Mexico. That's yeah. weird. It's weird, but that's just the way it is. You yeah. know? Because yeah. it's about winning the people over. Like Manny Pacquiao, he won a lot of the Mexican crowd out. You know? So it's about... No, you're right. Because cause my my uncle, I, I got an uncle in Mexico who'd be like, El Tanque, El Tanque. Yeah. <laughs> Talking yeah. about things. Exactly. So. No, because that's the good, the beauty. Like if you can win the fight, 
you're supposed to take that fighter's fan base, man. It's yeah. not, I'm not just supposed to root for you because you're Mexican or Dominican or et cetera. It's like, I'm, it's like I, I was a huge Wilder fan. I'm still a Wilder fan, but I am now a Fury fan because right. he destroyed my guy. Like, yeah, how can I not, how can I just go on with life ignoring it? No, I got to say, like, the, the guy I thought was invincible, this man is obviously better, so now he's the better man. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. Yeah, man. I agree. You support. More boxing fans need to act like that so that the fighter could continue to grow. I got Victor Banuelos that says, many young men have passed away due to gun violence, although guns have always existed. I should have read this before. <laughs> have always existed. It seems kids have no idea how to deal with physical altercations these days. In your opinion, do you believe boxing needs to add Oh, okay, needs to be added to the high school curriculum. If so, that would be the first step to make that plan a success. I kind of always said that. You know, they got wrestling in in, in high school. Yep. You got fucking rugby in Which certain schools. Which is crazy, right? Which is crazy because, bro, wrestlers, like, the top for them is the Olympics. That's it. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. there's no, I mean, WWE though, right? I mean, if you want to go to acting school, sure. But I'm talking about wrestling that you do in high school. Bro, the top is the Olympics. Now, if you want to convert to MMA, you can. But it's like, you think boxing, one of the oldest sports in the, in the world, that they'd have some form of the, you know, some form of it in high school. Because we say it all the time on the show. Like, there is no path in boxing. None. Right. Like, if, if your sons would have told you that, I, it wasn't boxing, it was basketball. You don't need Marv Nation. You just take him to his local school, his local right. gym. Yeah. They train him. And then no, and there's a bunch school, of basketball ca basketball camps. No, camps in the Everywhere. AU. But I'm just saying, it's like there's a path because we know uh, when we're not playing high school ball, we're doing AAU. After high school comes college, and then it's the draft. Like, there's yeah. a path. In boxing, there is none. But let me, let me share this with you, my experience. For example, my boy was, um, both of them, they were tremendous baseball players. They were athletes. Right, uh, my older boy was in high school. He was playing b baseball, but he got cut because of grades. You know, obviously he wasn't a great student, but he was a great athlete. And my only thing is, we take boxing into schools, that may end up being the same, the same thing. And ultimately, the reason I I put my my son in boxing, I allowed him to box. Is I didn't. He had been asking me since he was twelve years old to box, and I was like, nope, no son of mine is ever gonna box. You're gonna be a real estate developer. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? I don't. But when he got cut from the team and I, I started seeing him kind of going in a different direction, I said, I need to get this kid active in some sport. Oh, well, boxing, you don't need grace to go into boxing. Let's go. So it was an opportunity for him to kind of focus back into sports. And only thing with that is we take that into the schools and it gets regulated so much. But did he get cut in elementary? No, high school. I mean. And see, the thing is this, because... There, you know, obviously you have high school baseball and you have these high school sports. There's usually not a lot of leagues that play ball at that age because it's in high school. So what happens is if you put it into the schools, then you really won't get an opportunity like a lot of these kids. At, that no, the difference is that, that we got our no, own tournaments. You're still going to have no. Sugar Bird, Golden Gloves. No, 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 they no. won't stop no, those. And, and, and forget all that. The difference is that the NFL requires... Football play, you know, you got to come out of, you got to be able to come out of college after a certain amount of years, this, that, and the third. What requirements does boxing have? You just said, you know what I'm saying? If your son's not 18, shit, take him to Costa Rica, take him to Mexico. Yep. You don't have those limitations in, in boxing. I just feel that if you put it into the school system, people would know more about it. But you it's know, also about toughening them up. Like, you know, I don't want to sound old, but when I came up, you know, we played, I don't know, hiding a manhunt yeah. outside. You know, like these kids are on their cell phone. My, my teenage daughter has been on her cell phone. Yeah. I gave her a fucking cell phone at eight, nine years old. So it's a different upbringing. Like they're not even used to being bullied. Like in high, when I was in high school, we didn't cry about bullying. We fucking fought each other. Everybody cries now because they not tough no more because ain't shit happening. You need to let these kids go through things and that's not happening anymore. That you know, it, at least with some boxing in there, yeah. regardless of schools, you can toughen them up a little bit, and regardless of those those grades. I feel like absolutely. I mean, I I think that obviously you just have to look at the pros and the cons of bringing it in. Will it help the sport? Will it, will it hurt it? 
you know, maybe, for example, um, you know, soccer. There was a boost in soccer when they started, you know, promoting it more in the schools and everything. Everybody wants to be a soccer player all of a sudden. So maybe bring it into the schools if people may no. you have more boxers. Look, right now, uh, Formula One announced that they're coming to Vegas. The, the series dropped on Netflix. And now I look on social media, everybody's an F1 fan. I'm like, oh, well. <laughs> but that's because they're putting it out there. So I yeah. think having it in the schools would just bring more awareness. I knew one boxer personally, like, that grew up in my neighborhood, bro, he took three buses, like two hours. To go to boxing. To go to a boxing gym that if he had a car, would have probably been a 25-minute drive. Now, if it was in the high school, you'd stay after school yeah. like all other athletes, like wrestlers and anybody else. And, and it's true, man. I mean, at least... The, even after school programs, though, like, come on, how many boys and girls clubs do we see? Are those, do, do they even exist yeah, anymore? Yeah, they still exist. Some have boxing in them. Sad, bro. Sad. Yeah. All the extracurricular activities have been taken away from all the inner cities, and then they expect nothing to happen. And I'm just saying, mass shooting, these kids are running the guns because they don't know how to fight. Right. That they only gonna resort to what they know. If you if you start teaching them how to fight, then they'll resort to fighting. But if you don't know how to fight, you're gonna defend yourself the first way you know how. And that's why everybody picks up a gun these days. What do you think about this though? What you just said, an opportunity for somebody who's running the streets. Obviously, we know, you know, boxing is an opportunity for a lot of these fighters come from Absolutely. the streets. You know? Think about this. They they put boxing into school, now it's regulated, right? And now those people that we knew, like, you know, those Mike Tyson, those fighters that came basically from the streets that weren't, you know, looking for an education in reality are what opportunity they're going to have. Uh, but, you know, we can just push uh, and hope that because boxing was established like that, the way, and I understand what you're saying, like, it isn't a smart man sport. This is the only sport where... If you don't make it in books, you can make it here. You make it with nah, your fists. I, I get that. No, no, I get what he's saying. It's like, you're not supposed to be smart as your last resort. And if we go to school, they're going to say, well, you ain't got a C average. You can't be in a boxing team. Exactly. I get what you're saying. Exactly. We just have to find a way around that. We got to find a way to still have those alternative kids be allowed into boxing because boxing does I mean, save lives. Yeah, but... Especially in the, in the think, city. Think about it, though. Uh, uh, it's been happening the whole, like, existence. So you think it's going to, like, all these gyms are going to disappear? It's going to grow the no, sport No, 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 no. But if it goes, I understand what he's saying. If it goes into the school curriculum, mm -hmm. now it's a citywide thing. So it will be governed. It even be, the yeah. even the boxing in regular gyms, that's it. The school took it over. No. Man, you it's district. Bro, you 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 think you think that your son got dropped from the baseball team because of bad grades? Yes. Nothing stopping them from playing travel ball. Travel ball gets as many that's what scouts. I'm saying. That's tra what... Travel ball gets as many scouts as, as the high school games, if not more. But see the thing is at that age in high school, there's there's really no options. Because everybody is is playing for the, for the high school. Exactly. There's no options for them to really like. There's there, certain leagues get to a certain age and they stop because they know everybody else is looking to to play in high school play high school ball. I will say it. I will I say it's, it's just, harder. I will I say think it's it just harder. takes someone like yourself, you know, with the in a position of power, with the knowing the right people, because karate yeah. is this. Like it's so like look how big Cobra Kai got. That's some shit we grew up on. You, I'm you look my age anyway. That's some <laughs> shit we grew up in now. Or everybody likes Cobra Kai. And it's not like no one's talking about Daniel LaRusso. It's all these young guys, right. these new actors, but it's still karate. Uh they just have to bring it into the curriculum. But uh let me see if I got any more from the people before we let you go. Lids Low Decatur, Georgia says, just want to say thank you for doing your part to get boxing in a better place. Salute. And I will definitely be watching your card and paying for the pay-per-view. With no question, just a statement worth. Yes, thank you. Thank definitely you. a thank you because, yeah, this day and age, we need people to support. So uh, you can get the Sepera versus Regis pay-per-view on pay-per-view.com. It's just as simple as that. Fight TV is going to be on Fight TV also. All right. So, uh, I, you know, I was going to say, I, I just noticed I still got that Triller Pass, bro. That's crazy. I paid for the year for that, thinking they was going to be around, man. <laughs> you got, got fooled. They got me, They got bro. you, champ. It's they a trilla fight pass, 
But uh, those all are all our questions. Marv, if you got any social media or anywhere you want to direct our audience other than the pay-per-view, please do so. And I want to thank you, obviously, again for coming in to the studio and giving us some time to talk. Thank you for having us here, man. It's it's great. Um, Everybody can go to www.marvnation.com. You can purchase pay-per-view there. You can purchase your tickets on there also. www.marvnation.com. You know, I do want to give you an opportunity to let us know why did you decide on 60 instead of the, you know, normal $80 or the 85 that that Canelo charged us. Why uh, $60 for your pay-per-view? Because we, you know, we considered... Obviously, um, you know, the holidays coming in, we we try to keep it as low as possible. Obviously, putting a card together like this, you know, it, it made it a little bit difficult, but we were considered trying to make make it affordable for everybody. You know, um, we considered different different numbers and we came up. We're not on the high end. We're not on the low end. I think we're right in the sweet spot, right in the middle, you know, right where we need to be. And will there be any undercard fights that are not mentioned streamed to any YouTube channels kind of like the other guys do or is what yeah. we see what we get? From what I understand, um, the way we're setting it up now on, for example, if you go on whatever, wherever you're going to purchase a pay-per-view, there will be fights that will be, the undercard will be streaming there before the, the pay-per-view fights. Okay. Beautiful. So, so they only this is go. where I'll see your sons because yeah. both of them are on this card as well. One of them is going to be on the card. The other one is injured, but yes, um, you, you will see my my son. My that's Nathan, right? Nathan Rodriguez. Yes, and he's so, on the stream portion. He's going to be opening, yeah, right before the pay per view fight. So okay, beautiful. Well, Marvin, man, thank you once again for coming in, and uh, we appreciate your time. We'll catch you guys on the next episode tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, 9 a.m. No. Eastern. Oh, that's right. Tomorrow's Saturday. Yeah, so we'll do... Hopefully. We'll be we'll be in uh, Tijuana somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> getting ready for the uh, convention, but WBC we'll go live. Convention, we'll yeah. go live from there. Are you going to the convention? Yes, I'm going to oh, be at wow. the convention. Yes. Beautiful. We'll see it you there. It is later. a WBC fight. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Catch us on the next one. We out. Peace.